Welcome to episode 7 or 8 of Q&A. I've been saying the wrong episode numbers like four times now, but too lazy to check. Wow, that, that seems pretty bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bare minimum yeah. is my, my middle name, yes. Mm. I'm with my dear friend, oh gosh, dear friend Kate Friedman. She is a actress slash writer in Los Angeles. I've taken a total of like 60 hours of acting classes to hey. record. Yeah. Uh, there's probably actors in LA right now <laughs> who have taken a lot less and are calling themselves actors. So yeah, so Kate is here. Um, I met Kate through an acting school called Berg Studios um, in Atwater Village. That's where we met. We did a scene together um, recently and um, very excited to have Kate. So, Kate, this is my research that I've done on you. The research for you has been hard. Um, I haven't been able to find too much stuff, but this is what I've gathered. You graduated from Emerson. You are from uh, London. You wrote for the Emerson newspaper. And um, you have also... Ah... You said the thing you really dislike the most in your life is when people forget that they have met you or they don't remember you. I don't know if I've ever said that. You said that in class. People, people... You said something about like being forgotten or they don't remember your name or... It's so funny you say that because I specifically don't have that problem. <laughs> did you say that as a bit then for Berg Studios to when be did, funny? When, when did I? I don't remember saying that. It was the day I said hi to you on the street before we did a scene together. Sure. And I remember this distinctly because yeah. I thought you said that when we did our introduction. And I'm like, thank God I remembered her name. Because it would have been really awkward if I forgot your name and you shared, I hate it when people forget about me or forget my name or something. Huh. I'm really... I, mm, no, I really don't know what you're Jeez. talking about. Which is, which is actually really funny, because if you're thinking of someone else who said that, then they'll be really pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, what? I, I, I was so sure it was you, or maybe I misheard it? Okay. Mm. Well, we're off to a great start <laughs> here, folks. Leaving <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so Kate, I know that you are a writer, mm -hmm. and you wrote on a couple shows, right? One show. One show, mm -hmm. a big show with a big name. Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to say the name of the show name? Well, the show is, uh, is out, so okay. it's not really a secret, yeah. Kate was a writer on Rutherford Falls. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that wrong? Rutherford right? Falls. Yeah. I can't, I have a trouble with my THs. Okay. That, does it sound like I'm saying Rutherford Falls? Rutherford Falls. It didn't sound like that. Okay. Well, she's a writer on that show. Wrote for the final episode. Of season two. Of season two. And it's the show starring Ed Helms. Mm -hmm. Big Tuna. Or he's not Big Tuna, but he uses that nickname, Big Tuna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, starring Ed Helms, Janice Schmieding, uh, Michael Grayeyes, and Jesse Ray. 
um, who are all great. It has a big cast of Native American actors and has a bunch of Native Americans in the writer's room. I'm seeing surprise on your face, meaning yeah. that you haven't yet watched the show. I haven't been watching any shows, yeah, and I, should, yeah. And I know it's on my list for sure. Yeah, yeah. you should. It's a great, it's, it's on Peacock TV. Uh, there are two seasons out. I was lucky enough to co write the finale of the second season. But important to note that um, in the eyes of the, I think we've talked about this before, or I've explained this to you before, but in the eyes of like the entertainment gods, I'm still not technically a staff writer. I'm what's called support staff. So I'm in uh, the IOPC Union 871. And uh, so I started on Rutherford Falls as a writer's assistant, and I worked as a writer's assistant and a script coordinator. And it's a common thing for support staff, um, you know, who are great, uh, to be given a script but not necessarily be promoted. It's sort of like an in-between step. I imagine, though, that this is a big launching point for yeah. future opportunities, I imagine, right? Yeah. Because your name was on the credit, you got an IMDb credit. Ed Helms, I don't know if you know this, he tweeted your name. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not actually on Twitter. I know, I was trying to find your Twitter, yeah. but I saw that he tweeted your name. So yeah. it, it, it's a very, it seems like a very um, a noteworthy accomplishment in the career of a writer. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the opportunities that I've been given on that show are amazing um, and I'm so grateful and um, I actually worked with Ed as his assistant before Kareem working on Rutherford. Sugar. Uh, Coffee and Kareem was a movie Coffee he did. Coffee and Kareem, yeah. yes. I saw that on your IMDb. Yes, yes. That, <laughs> so well, your research is airtight. Um, <laughs> no, so I, yeah, I worked with him as his assistant I was his on-set assistant. Wait, you were his assistant? I was his assistant oh. assistant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was his personal assistant, and I was also an assistant at his production company, Pacific Electric Picture Company. Oh, wow. Uh, Pepco for short. And um, so, yeah, so I worked in development and as his assistant for uh, like a year and a half, two years. And then when, so I was like very involved in, uh, all the conversations around Rutherford and the development of that and um, so when it got greenlit and when they were building the room I was able to sort of slide my name in for writer assistant very early which is that how these things go right it's like yes, as soon yes. as the as soon as the position was open I knew about it and was able to um, make my wanting of the job known um, which was you know Yes. Um, so I was hired by Sierra Tello Ornelas, who is the showrunner uh, of the show and co-created it with Ed and Mike Shore. And Ed and Mike Shore, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not know that, yeah. Yeah. Wow, this research, Ryan, where did it, where didn't it take you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so that was my first writer's room. I started season one, top of 2020, so we pretty quick, we were in person at first and pretty quickly went on Zoom, and now all of my writer's room, uh, writer's room experience has been on Zoom since. So you were um, the personal assistant to Ed Helms. Was mm -hmm. that a position 
you sought out where you're like, oh, Ed Helms assistant, I definitely want that? Or was that kind of like, like, did you, or did you know you were going to be his assistant when you applied for the job? Um, so, no, I mean, yes, I like, basically, before I worked for Ed and his producing partner, Mike Falvo, um, I worked at a literary management company called Capital Perone, and I worked there for about a year. I, I knew vaguely that I, I wanted, I, I knew I wanted to write for TV. I didn't feel um, bold enough to just go do that and see what happens. So I was oh, encouraged okay. to get some experience in the industry, in different parts of the industry. It's like your toe in the water. Right, it was. It was all like very shy toes in the water. I, I, I think that's how I operate a lot of the time. I like to get a lay of the land. I like to understand the rules of something before I jump into it, which which is wise. I would which say. is wise, but things take more time, right? So, yes, yes, so, that's true. Yeah. 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 So I worked at Kaplan Perone, and one of the partners there. I mean, again, it's just like knowing about things as soon as they're available. So I think one of the assistants um, at the time alerted me to this opportunity working for Ed and Mike Falvo, um, and one of the partners at Kaplan Perone had a relationship with, like a professional relationship, not a romantic relationship. Yeah, 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 with, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you with, for the clarification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Mike Falvo and was able to put in a good word for me, so, um, so it was a very, like, who you know situation. Um, I also did work hard, of course, mm -hmm. but, you know. Yeah. And um, so I, I applied for the job and got it, and it was it was a really good experience. Like I working for Ed was obviously really cool. I got to be on what did you call it, Cream and Sugar? I got to be on the coffee and cream coffee set and cream, sorry. in uh, in Vancouver. So I was there for a couple oh, months wow. in 2019, which was really cool. Um, uh, and got to do a lot of that. You know, I think in like my first month. Um, I like rushed over a t-shirt when Ed was on James Corden. He had like a t-shirt that had a story attached to it that he wanted to talk about on the show and he forgot it. So I rushed it over to the studio and got to like wait in the green room and saw Reggie Watts walking around. And it was just all very, I just, you know, just got a lot of like cool moments like that and working uh, with Ed was always really fun. And then. Mike Falvo and their junior executive, Brett Harris, are also just like incredible producers and taught me a lot. And, um, you know, they work in both the film and TV space. So I just got exposure to a lot of the behind the scenes processes. Yeah. Um, but none of it really appealed to me for like long term employment. I was sort of hoping it would because it's a lot more sensible than trying to be a TV writer in a lot of ways. But um, but I just didn't didn't want to. Were you an Ed Helms fan? Yeah, no, I like. Are oh, you an Office fan? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. I used to watch The Office. Like, I used to like sleep through my first period class and like watch The Office. Like, um, sad. Like, what subject was it? Oh God, I don't remember. I was not a very good student in school, so I. Oh really? No. You seem very studious. Mm, you do too. Were you a good student? 
I was after sophomore year. Of high school? Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of didn't get my shit together until I got to college. I yeah. Was very, yeah. Um, I was just very like sad and angry all the time and didn't want to... In college or high school? In high school, yeah. Oh, may yeah. I ask why? I think just being, um, just being young is really hard. I don't know. It's just a, a I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I have plenty of reasons. It would take, it would take a long time to explain them all, but I think it was just like I just, I like to learn. I didn't really respond to formal education. I found it kind of tedious and repetitive and boring. And um, yeah, but I, but I had a lot of really good friends and like enjoyed certain parts of high school. But for the most part, like academics were just not really my bag. Were you? Um, what is it? Um, what did you major in college? Um, so when I went to Emerson, and I had well, sorry, yeah. But Emerson is a pretty tough school to get into too. I didn't get into Emerson right away. Oh, okay. So I went to Ithaca College my freshman year. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, in and New I, York. In New York, yeah. And I oh actually, my gosh. Yeah. So you moved around quite a bit. Yeah. 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 A very famous vocal jazz group called New York Voices went to Ithaca College. Oh. Have you heard of them? No. Okay. But but I don't think I'm a good represent representative for for I for old I see. Um, I'm not really a great representative for Emerson either. I like. I would yeah. I would disagree with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did. I got into Ithaca College. I, I actually ended up taking a gap year between um, between high school and college. And what did you do? I worked and I interned and I traveled. And where, where, where? Um, <laughs> I worked as a cater waitress. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I also worked at a frozen yogurt shop. Okay, yeah. And at one point I was working at a charity shop too. Um, oh, like Goodwill? Yeah, but it's called Oxfam. Oh. Um, and uh, I interned at a PR company like a small PR company and a, and a small literary agency, which is not like an, a literary agency in the States. It's, um, it's a whole different, it's, it was very small. And I, I was like, I was like kind of put in the basement with this woman who never showered and had like 12 oh. cats. Oh, oh it was my like, God. yeah, it was like, um, and she would just uh, tell me about where all of her dead cats were buried in the backyard. It was very, <laughs> where were they buried? Um, just, I mean, just all over, really, and like her, her small plot of back garden was just filled with her four or five dead animals. Wait, so she would just dig holes and yeah. bury them there? Is that normal for cat owners to do that? It was, it was her process. Yeah. Yeah, so I would just, I would just sit in there and read manuscripts and like pray for the day that it was over, but... Um, okay, yes. When yeah. would you travel? I traveled, I went... Uh, around Italy, I did a program wow. in Florence, and I studied art history and life drawing, and then I did a backpacking trip with a couple of friends in Thailand, which was really fun. And, and actually, I did a couple weeks at the end of my year, I did a couple weeks uh, with some girls that I met in Italy. We went, we did some interrailing, so we went to uh, Paris. Well, you and just went backpacking with people you met? 
You just met in Italy? Yeah, but we we spent like significant time together. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Still, that's pretty. Yeah. No, it's a great. Well, that's year. yeah. That's interesting because you said that when you were thinking about dipping your toes in the water for, like, whether you wanted to be a TV writer or not, you're very safe. But yeah. it was something like that. That seems pretty bold. So I'm seeing yeah. a, kind of a dissonance there. Well, Ryan, I contain multitudes. Um, oh. <laughs> no, a I. Nice line. <laughs> I think. I think that there are. I think when I was younger, um, so I didn't think through certain decisions um, as as much or as closely. But I also think like there's something about really big life changes that have never scared me as much as changes that you have to make incremental decisions about all the time. So. Picking up and moving to a new place never felt as scary as like I am going to pursue writing, which is something I care about very much, and a lot of my identity will probably be wrapped up in and value system. It just it it hits a little bit. It's just more more sensitive somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a quick question, but before I get to that one, what was your major in college? Oh right. Um, so I studied TV production and writing. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that's a, and that I'm guessing that probably motivated you to try a lot harder in school because it's about stuff you're actually passionate about. And it's funny, as soon as I got to college, I was like, I was more interested in my general education, like, and and I was sort of like, ooh, like I wish I had more of a balance. I think, yeah, I think I just I needed a bit more space to like. Yeah, discover things I get on that. my own. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just didn't feel like I had that growing up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, in high school, I tried studying more after sophomore year, but college is when I like really, really tried, tried. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So. Yeah, I got I got on dean's list. I like did the things. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was a good I was a good student when I got to Emerson. Okay. Back to what you said about, um, you know, you're really passionate about writing. It's part of you, and it's like, um, it, 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 um, it, it carries a lot of you in that work, I suppose. That's what um, really, what I'm curious about, because we had a scene at Berg Studios where we had a disagreement with one of the choices we should make. It was a comedic uh, choice. Yeah. And um, of course, uh, and you said it so politely. You're very polite, but also very firm. Like, no, I really don't believe that this is what we should do. And it wasn't like, but if you really want to, we'll do it. You're like, no, I really believe we're not going to do. We shouldn't do this, and we're not going to do it. Now I now I imagine that in a writer's room, that's probably. Mag- amplify probably like 10 times more, right? Because it's, of course, the stakes are a lot higher and it's actually like your work and it is a lot more personal at that stage than just a scene for some scene study class. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is that hard when you disagree with someone or when someone disagrees with your choice that you want to do in a writer's room setting? I think... I think it's just much different. It was 
much different. Like when I'm working in writers' rooms, I'm like the lowest on the totem pole. So often it's sort of my role just to just to like pitch oh. ideas and whatever the upper levels or the You don't person. even want to risk ruffling feathers. I there were, there are very not that I wouldn't want to risk ruffling feathers. There are like certainly arguments that I'm willing to have or like disagreements that I'm willing to have. With like even the head writer if you believe that. I mean much. I can't think of um, but I I just think like for me, um, because like I'm lower level, I mean, I'm lowest level. Um, mostly what my job is just to pitch, pitch things, pitch ideas, give material to the people in charge. And if there's anything, like, if there's anything that winds up being open for discussion, I'll state my case, but I would never, ever say, I think we should do it this way. Because it's not your place it's not in, my place, in that situation. And it's yeah. not my show. And it's not even, yeah, it's, so it's, it wouldn't be the same. Whereas, like, when you, me, and Andrew were working on our scene, that was something that the three of us were sort of making together. And it was about figuring out the rules of, like, the world that we right. were making together. So it was yeah. just a very different thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you observed, do, um, well, do writers, I'm sure they do have, Disagreement. Sure. Is it like a very? Is it like did they just brush it off, or is it kind of like a touchy subject when you disagree with someone, or someone doesn't like your idea? I or? mean, like every everyone's experience in writers' rooms are different, for sure. Um, I've worked with really respectful um, writers and creatives, and um, nothing is coming to mind at the moment of an instance where two people like went at each other's throats by any means. I think, but I think it's natural when you're making something to have disagreements and to have those moments and really good things can come from those moments. So like, sure, I can think of at times when someone comes in and says, actually, I don't think this is working. There might be a little bit of tension, but then so you find a solution. But there, it is a touchy subject. But touchy, I think touchy subject is just the, the wrong framing. I think it's like, it's just when you upend something, there's there's fear in that because you don't have you don't have a, a what's it called like a not a life vest but like a um, what's the boat off of the main boat like a safety boat oh, like a okay. Life raft? Well, life raft. Is it yes. life raft? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's what it's okay. So you don't have a life raft, right? So I think it's like like problems without solutions I think make people uncomfortable. And but often uh, but often what you see is writers coming in, pointing out a problem and giving a solution. Not always, but a lot of the time, especially more experienced writers okay. will do that. I will say um I am a pretty I am a sensitive person, but I'm, I'm very good at controlling my emotions or not. I, I've learned over the years that to manage, you know, feelings, even though they are very intense. But I am, I think, a naturally a sensitive person. Um, so that also makes me a bit, very big people pleaser because I don't want to risk... Like, if, if I have something that I disagree with, most of the times I'll just be like, you know what, whatever. Not worth it, right? But you, when, when you um, 
brought up that disagreement, or you, you um, disagreed with the choice I was suggesting, I really admired the way you did it because it was firm, it was respectful, and I just think that's a very important skill that not a lot of people possess. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they usually are emotional themselves, or if someone disagrees with their disagreement, then they get offended, end up getting offended as well too. Yeah. So I am curious, what if we, let's say we're in a writer's room, let's say you're the head writer, and I'm, let's say I'm, 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 um, let's say I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm the lowest of the totem pole. What, what would that position be called? Uh, so you'd either be support staff or a staff writer. Okay, let's say I'm a staff writer. Mm -hmm. Well, ahead of me. How did you get that job? Oh, <laughs> oh, in this improv situation. Yes. Completely real. Mm -hmm. I want you, let's say we're in a writer's room. I've never been in a writer's room before, so I'm, I'm just imagining. But let's say you have an idea, and I'm going to disagree with you, and I want to see how you'll handle it. Will that be okay? <laughs> I guess so. What are you, um, you want to see... You want to see what I'm like in charge in a... But you've already seen me disagree with you. I want to see you in a writer's room when someone disagrees with your idea. How you would respond. Mm, I mean, I can tell you. No, you, want to you act have it to out? show us. Okay. For my four YouTube viewers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, does YouTube record count views when it's yourself watching your own videos? I think so. Damn. <laughs> For my zero YouTube <laughs> Oh, well that's sad. Ah, okay, well anyways. Okay, right, so, so, so... Let's say the idea is, and he says, but wait, I love hot dogs. Like that's gonna be the button that you, you're pushing for. Oh, okay, so we, so we round out the scene. Yeah. By saying, okay, so I think we should, the button on this scene yeah. should be that our main character confesses that he loves hot dogs. Yes, and the line is, but wait, I love hot dogs. Yeah, and you spent all of last Oh, no, night... that was me being your boss. Wait, we started? Yeah, yeah. No. I was already into it. <laughs> we didn't start yet. <laughs> you can not tell us in yeah. character? <laughs> that was seamless. Mm. <laughs> A backstory. You spent all night thinking of this line. So this is something you're very, you're, you feel very strongly about okay, it. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> he loves hot dogs. It's like, you're like, no, this is the perfect button. This is gonna be, this is gonna be the line that makes my career. Okay. Hey, I love hot dogs. Okay. 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 Now, okay, ready? Writer's room. I'm a support staff writer. I thought you were a staff writer. Oh. If you're a support staff, then you're taking notes. So which one is a lower position? Support staff. Okay, I'm support staff. Okay. I'm support staff, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, I was up all night trying to think of the perfect way to end this scene. And I think it's, it's in line with our character for him to um, confess and declare to everyone, I love hot dogs. <coughs> <coughs> Stupid. <coughs> yes, Ryan. What, what do you have to say about that? 
Uh, I just, I just think that's pretty weak. Yeah, but see, this isn't the, you would never say that. Yes, I would. I just said it right now. Wait, are we still in the scene? No. Uh, yeah, you that's can't. not believable. Why not? Because you'd never say that. Because I can fire you. What if he's like a, like a, like a rebel writer, support staff writer? I would fire you. If, you. if you came in and, was, and said that idea was stupid, I would fire you. In that spot? If, if you had a habit of doing that, yeah. Okay, a habit. This is yeah. the first time. But I just <laughs> this, but I don't. Okay, I guess I guess. Tell me the point of tell me tell me the intention. So, I, how do I deal with someone who's not respectful? Is that the intention of the scene? Because <laughs> that's a very different intention. That's true. Okay. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Maybe I took it, I made it too unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. Just right from where you, you just said the hot dog lot. Okay, so, and he says, okay. I love hot dogs. <laughs> I respectfully disagree with you, Miss Friedman. I think there can be a better line. What if I may mean? humbly offer you All right. my lowly opinion. Right. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you think the line should be? I think it should be... I prefer hot dogs. Why do you think that? Because I think love is a very strong verb. But our character famously confesses his feelings at every turn. If I may, Miss mm -hmm. Friedman, mm -hmm. I respectfully disagree. That and our character is very emotive? Yes. Yes. And if you want to fire me, well, I will rather go out with my dignity. <laughs> All right, this improv scene backfired. Okay, you're a very um, calculating person. That sounds bad. No, no, okay. I think it's um, like I feel like you're very uh, practical, pragmatic. Um, yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a problem fixer. Yeah. Yeah, so like if we're in a zombie apocalypse, I think immediately we'd be like, okay, we need to do this, 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 and we need to kill these people, we need to do that. Like I feel like you would just like spring right into action. Sure, yeah. I think, I, I think that's how I present, definitely. But that's not you. I'm a, I'm, my roommate once described me um, as a, what did she say? It was another word for controlled burn, but it wasn't controlled burn. But she basically said, like, you're kind of an organized mess, you know? So... Veering more organized as I get older, but no, it's, I mean, it's all, um, I was an assistant for a really long time, so I had to organize other people's lives. So, but my life uh, was not necessarily so... So that two-year period kind of changed your natural tendencies, would you say? It, it uh, developed a big part of your person. Uh, it changed your personality? I think it's just made me very professional seeming. You know? Because, I mean, I've worked in a lot of offices at this point. I've been a woman in, like, male-dominated offices specifically. I mean, what you were saying before about, like, how respectful I am when I disagree with you, like, that's just conditioning, isn't it? 
So, and, and I appreciate the compliment, but it is also just, it's just, I can't, I can't really afford to be too emotive when I am disagreeing with someone or when I'm being disagreed with because it, it because it's just not received very well. You you learned how to play the game. I guess so. Yeah. If if conversation, yeah, I guess like professional conversation is a game. Writers' rooms are kind of just professional conversations. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So if you never had that assistant job for two years, you will be a very different person. Well, I was an assistant for more than two years. I, I worked for it for two years. I had the literary management job for a year, and now I've been support staff for two years. So I've been in assistant roles for more like five years. And that shaped a big part of your personality that I you mean, have how today. Could, how could uh, exactly, you know? right, right. So what were you like before those jobs? Uh, I don't know. I, I will say I've always loved... I've never been afraid for like a, of like a job interview. I've worked in like a bunch of different... Um, I've worked a bunch of different jobs like... And, you know, when I was in college and high school, like worked in different, like different food-based jobs or in retail and... And always felt very confident that I was going to get those jobs because I like... I love conversation. I love the um, push and pull of a conversation, especially when it's a structured one, probably to your point about me understanding the game. I love a, I love a conversation with an intention. And I also... So you must hate this podcast. No. No, but the first time you asked me to do it, I did say no, because you couldn't tell me what it was about. And right. that did scare me. And um, and I had to like watch the clips online and like understand what you were going for before I felt comfortable doing it. So yeah, I like I like some structure to work within, definitely. You're a, and this is a compliment. You're a very layered person. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're a very complex person, but in a, in yeah. a sophisticated way. I'm not saying that like you're a difficult person. I'm saying you're a very complex person. Would, so a very interesting person. Yeah. Thank you. Hearing your background some more. Yeah. Okay. So. Man, what, who, <laughs> what shape, who was like a big, in, who's like a big role model, was a big influence in your life growing up? Like, uh, was there a parental figure, a teacher, uh, like who, what, who shaped your personality the most? Was it that, was it Ed Helms? Um... That's a really good question. Um, I don't think as a child I ever really attached myself to people that way. I like, my parents definitely shaped a lot of who I am. Um, I think I'm like a, like kind of a perfect blend of the two of them in a lot of ways, with my own flavor. But, um, but I also like never really modeled my life after any one person or any few people. I just um, I know a lot of people who do work that way, who who have become very successful in part because when they were young, they sort of like looked at someone and they were like, "I want to be that," and I'm gonna. And I just never really 
had that. I, um, I think for a long time, I like really didn't know what was going on or where I was going. I was just going. Um, which is partially why I think I didn't like school as much because I just didn't really understand the point. And, um, but I was always really good at making friends and sort of like keeping up my momentum in life or like sort of basing my momentum in life off of keeping up with the people that I wanted to hang out with. Um, so if, if they were running at a certain pace, I wanted to run at that pace. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, obviously was very influenced by my friends, obviously was very influenced by my family, but I, I can't think of like one person that I'm like, they changed my life. Are you a rule follower? Some ways yes, some ways no. Do you, when someone asks you to do something, does that make you want to do it more or less or neutral? I, in what in what setting? Like um, actually, I have oh, my answer. Okay, I have okay, my answer. Yeah. I think socially that is annoying to me. I don't like I don't like being told how to behave socially, or like I get very bothered by certain expectations in groups of friends. Um, you know, I, I just like to, I like to move the way I like to move, you know? But I think at work, when I want to impress someone with my work and with my talent, with my mind, yeah. I will follow every rule to the letter because I want to, I want to, in that case, I really want to do my homework right. Are you a people pleaser? I already have my answer in my mind, but I want to know if what you, if you see yourself as a people pleaser. I've never been accused of that, you know? I've like never thought of myself that way. I, I, but then I also like desperately want people to like me. What? Yeah. I never Dude. got that vibe from you. <laughs> You're like, you. I don't like you. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. Uh, well, I think, yeah. well, what was so attractive about you was that you seemed so comfortable in your own skin. So I'm very surprised yeah. that you just said that you desperately want people to like you. Yeah. That's very But I think surprising. that's just from like years of work in therapy. I think it's like, I think I am very comfortable in my own skin, but I think it's like that thing that people say about like, when you don't try so hard, people will come to you. Like I sort of learned that that is true. Like if you kind of just do your own thing and like make this the best place to be, people are more attracted to you. And I do think that's true. And I know that motivates me to make this better because I still very much want people to come to me and like me. You know, so it's like, it's, it's both. It's like an inception. It is, it's like an inception. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you think I was a people pleaser? I know, I mean, you've already admitted you are. Darn. So now I know that you are. But I also did, I, I think if you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have gotten that impression. Because you talk about, like, me disagreeing with you on that point. You also very firmly disagreed with me. Yeah. So. Um, well, um, I'm, in, uh, I'm a people pleaser, but I, <coughs> I have so many people not like me through my people-pleasing attempts that I sort of like, 
I'm a people pleaser because I just want people to feel good about themselves. But if they don't like me, then I, I, I don't really care. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. What's an example of someone not liking you through your people pleasing attempts? Um, well, I wouldn't even say, I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't even say people pleasing. It's just I always um, am, I think, kind of nicer than I have to be because okay. I want to. Yeah. I want to be nicer. Um, but if people don't treat me, like I'll be nice to you until you give me a reason not to, which can be very like, oh, he holds grudges. And maybe I do. I don't think I do. But yeah. I think, but that is one aspect of me that I am not sure if it's healthy or not. It's just, I will treat you well until you give me a reason not to treat you well. And then? Which is the opposite <laughs> of Jesus' teaching. <laughs> Were you raised Christian? I'm, I was raised Catholic. And I'm Catholic. And I am still Catholic, but yeah. I haven't gone to church in a long time. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you haven't found a church in LA that you like? Uh, laziness. Maybe. Laziness, yeah. yeah. Also not very Jesus-y of you. He was a very active young man. <laughs> he was a very what? An active young man. <laughs> That's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Are you a... Do you have any religious beliefs? Um, I was raised Jewish. Or I was raised with Jewish. Your father is Jewish? My parents are both Jewish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why, did, why did you say father? Well, I saw a picture of your mom on Instagram and she looked like she was Indian. Oh, no. Oh. We have... We have, um, we have some, you know, some nice pigmentation skin but no we're we're I haven't done like 23 and me or anything but we're um where did you see a picture of my mom sorry on Instagram that. but it was a black and white picture or like oh. a Sophia tone picture oh, I wonder which one it was no I mean I I get asked if I'm Indian sometimes as well I get asked if I'm from everywhere but no we're almost um entirely Ashkenazi too I haven't done 23 and me or anything but I think it would come up like pretty pretty high we're all like polish potato farmers when you go back far enough so you're from poland or your your no. your ancestors, ancestors yeah from poland? Oh. yeah i think once you get to my great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents it was all polish but my grandparents were all over uh when world war ii broke out but mostly eastern europe so it was my paternal grandfather was in germany he was put on kinder transport with his brothers and sister, and then my grandmother. What does was, that mean? Kinder transport. It was the um, for children for Jewish children in Germany. It was like an evacuation route, so they were put on trains to get them out of the country, and then his parents were sent to concentration camp um, or a concentration camp. Um, and then my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, was in former Yugoslavia when the world when the war broke. She went into hiding. My maternal grandmother, um, her parents were in Poland, and they got into Russia, and she was born in a Russian internment camp. Wow. And then my mother's father is my only, like, American-born uh, grandparent. He was born in the Bronx. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, um, I'm going to switch tracks. Yeah. Because you are a comedy writer, mm -hmm. biggest comedy influences. My biggest comedy influences? Yeah, whether it's a comedian or a TV show or yeah. a movie. Well, I grew up 
Um, I grew up in London, as you already stated. So we got everything just a little bit later than every, everyone else, which made it all the more like enticing. But uh, so like shows like The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine um, came a little bit later, but were like that was like my high like that like. But can you and, just see it online if you wanted to? Yeah, yeah, yeah but we had to torrent it. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, right. it wasn't Netflix and stuff wasn't that big. That yeah, big, and um, later on it was like Broad City was a really big deal for me. I loved that show, but that was sort of later. But young, like when we were little, my brothers and I and my parents would always watch The Simpsons. That was like a really big deal for us. Oh, we loved, Simpsons! We loved The Simpsons. Do you like Conan O'Brien? Um, I do like I I like him. I mean, the monorail episode of The Simpsons was a very big episode in our house. We like we really liked all the musical episodes. Yeah, he was a writer on that. Too, yeah, you know? yeah, uh, famously yes. And um, uh, and Friends, I loved Friends and Seinfeld and um, all of those '90s shows that have kind of become problematic over time. Yeah. Um, but yes. more recently, like I've been much more into dramas than I used to be. I just like finally sat down and watched Mad Men and just had the fucking best time. Um, I just watched Severance and I loved it. Heard good things about Severance. Very good. Also on my list. Yeah. After Rutherford Falls. After Rutherford Falls. Rutherford Falls episode 208. Yeah. Written by Kate Friedman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love comedy. I like, I feel very strongly that television, especially the television that I grew up with, um, did shape me um, as a person. I mean, you're asking who shaped you, and I will say like TV was a big influence on me when I was young because it, stories teach you to, to empathize. Like when you, when you cut yourself off from stories either by watching them or reading them or talking to people, you don't practice empathy. And television, for all of its flaws and all of its addictive qualities, is a really good way to practice empathy because, not only because you get to spend a significant amount of time with the same people, but you see diff you see the same problems result differently. Like I remember, like being young and watching TV, and like, you know, in Friends, there's there's that that famous. Um, few episodes when Ross cheats on Rachel and they're on. Did you watch it growing up? Wait, the one where they were on, they a, were break. on a break? Yeah. yeah. So I, I love Friends too. I watched yeah. a bunch of the episodes. Like right. Ones, yeah. Iconic. And so the show deals with cheating in an adult relationship. What does it look like? How do people deal with it? How are people hurt by it? How are people around the people who are in the situation hurt by it? And obviously, it's a sitcom, but it was really interesting. And, and just understanding like that's how people in the friends universe discuss and react to cheating and then mm. and then seeing it represented in other oh. TV shows or in movies and seeing people handle it differently Very seeing insightful. people react to like I watched that show um, 30 something I think 30 rock from the sun no no oh. no 30 something it had I think it's called 30 something I think I heard of it yeah um, it has a great opening theme song. Anyways, but I remember one of the characters cheats on his wife, and she finds out, and she forgives him, and like she forgives him like quite quickly, and they're like in a deep, like they're deep into their marriage. I think they have a kid, and that was just, that was just very impactful on me. That like 
that you can tell the same, again, you can tell the same story a million different ways. I think that was very important. Yeah, I love that. What you shared, I never heard that before, but that makes total sense. Yeah, we empathize for sure. And, um, well, did you think that Ross was justified in his affair with the pizza girl? I still struggle with it to this day, I'll be honest. I think that they had enough problems in their relationship that he knew, he probably somewhere knew how badly it would hurt her if she found out. So I think it wasn't what he did, it was the circumstances within which he did it. Yeah. And yeah. I do think if those two people existed and went through as much like jealousy and whatever as they did, and the amount of jealousy that he had about Rachel and Mark, and then to go and do that immediately, I can see real life Rachel reacting the way that she did. And I and I understand it. He was technically in the green, yeah. but circumstantially it was messed up. I think so too. And I think like I've known people like that. Like like the moment they were technically allowed to yeah. do something, they ran out and did it. And it always felt it just felt like a lot of power bullshit which I don't really subscribe to and it was often like in heterosexual relationships and it was often the man doing it so it's like there's just a lot more at play he lacked empathy yes I, well he was thinking about himself yeah definitely which I guess is the same thing okay so being you being a comedian would you mind if I ran by you some stand-up jokes I've been working on? And you you're give me a comedian. Your I, am not a, I am not a well, comedian. Yes, you are. Your comedian writers are comedians as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Be yes. honest. Okay. I'm gonna give it to you like I do it okay. in real life. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm like a beer in. Yeah. 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 Well, this doesn't even have to be an improv situation. You're just giving me oh. honest feedback. Okay. Okay. I took my ancestry test recently. I got 50% South Korean and 50% North Korean. What's an accessory test? Wait, what did I say? You said accessory test? I said ancestry test. Oh, ancestry test. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. I liked it. I Hold liked on, it. now I have to say where you okay. oh, I pronounce it correctly. Okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> I took my ancestry test recently. I got 50% South Korean and 50% North Korean. I liked it. You did? <laughs> what was, what did you like it's about a, it? It, does, it doesn't sound like a complete joke. It sounds like there should be another bit to it, but I, oh. yeah. Why does it feel that way? Um, it, mm. Well, okay, so, so what, what, is the joke, what is the joke communicating to me? That um, I spent money on an ancestry test thinking I'll get, because people are like, oh my gosh, I found out I'm this or that and that, yeah. and now I feel like I know so much more about myself, and I get like a, a stupid right. answer. Yeah. Because they're the same, Korea, North right. Korea, South Korea. Are the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like, 
here's where I got stuck, and this is just like a Western perspective thing. I think there's like such a division in Western minds between South Korea and North Korea that like I thought you were saying something specific about your family history, and I thought okay. there was like another bit to the. So, but that's but that's me being ignorant. But to a Korean audience, it might that would do kill. It. Yes. <laughs> is that why no one ever laughs at that joke? Because there's be. no Koreans in the audience. It might be. I mean, but the thing is, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think maybe, I think maybe even just a, an extra tag, exp like explaining to dumb white people oh. what you just explained to me. Okay, how, so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so this, I took my ancestry test recently. I got fifty percent North Korean and fifty percent South Korean. Because they're both the same. But I think you, yeah. But Would I think that be you, helpful? But I think you can even say, like, for anyone who's confused. Okay, for anyone who's confused, <laughs> they're the same. That's why it's funny. That's why it's funny, yeah. Explain, definitely explain to them why it's funny. That's rule number one. This is the part where you laugh. <laughs> okay, do another joke. <clears throat> People been saying, um, okay, this is a twofer. Yeah. I'm still working on a threefer for it, but um, <laughs> people have been telling me I look like anime characters, like Samurai Jack or Eren from Attack on Titans. But this one guy said I look like Hedo Giddy, so I had to look it up. And it was just a picture of a cat saying hi. A cat saying, a kitty saying hello. Hello, oh. kitty. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on, there's more. Oh, there is, thank God. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't have to say thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and another person just sent me a picture of a dragon. You look like a, or I'm sorry, I messed that up. Another person said, you look like this character. And I looked it up, but it was just a dragon. But it wasn't even an Asian dragon. It was just a, a dragon from Game of Thrones. Wait, can you say the whole thing again? <laughs> okay, so someone said you look like Hello Kitty. Hello, Hello Kitty. Which is what? I Hello Kitty. And, well, oh, Hello Kitty. The pr correct pronunciation yeah. is probably Hello Kitty. Yeah. But that sounds so similar to Hello Kitty already, I had to switch it up to Hello right. Kitty. And then, and then they said you look like a dragon, and it wasn't even an Asian, an Asian dragon. dragon. I like that. Okay. It wasn't even an Asian dragon. Oh, and I have the three for that I think might work is. Yeah. And, a, and a, someone sent me another picture, but it was just a moose in a samurai costume. And it wasn't even an Asian moose? <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even an Asian moose. Hi. It was a, it was a, it was a French moose. <laughs> so what do you think about that bit? Because I'm running out of stuff. I've been saying yeah. the same stuff for like a year now, and I'm trying to figure out new stuff. But yeah. The problem with stand-up comedians is I heard that the first year you start is the best year because you're writing stuff that you always some you're writing stuff that you always thought was funny. Yeah. But once you run out of that, now you have to think of something from scratch. So yeah. it's hard. But yes, what did you think about those jokes? I like them. I think I think you can polish them a little bit more. What did you think about the head old giddy joke? I think I think it's not even an Asian dragon. It's very funny to me. That okay. like like um, should I like, say 
it wasn't even a South Korean dragon. Yeah. It was a North Korean <laughs> dragon. Yeah, that, I like that. Would that work, you think, I to think a Western so. audience? I think I think if you if you can make fun <laughs> of a Western audience for not understanding that Korea is one place, not really two places, like, and then come back with, and it wasn't even a South Korean dragon. Yeah. I think that would be very That's, satisfying. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. The thing is, sometimes you only have like five minutes to perform. Definitely. So trying to, because I said the joke about the South Korea to North Korea, where audiences will be like, "Oh yeah, that was your ancestry test results. Oh, that makes sense." Yeah. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> they're the same people. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I, but I th- I think you can condense it all, and I think you can make that callback. I think, okay. I think it's funny. What did I like you? It. Uh, the the head of giddy. I felt like I wasn't looking at you. Um, so I couldn't tell, but it, it seemed like you were trying to figure out. You were trying to figure it out. Like you were yeah. still, it didn't hit you right away. That yeah. oh, cat's saying hi. Oh, he's talking about Hello Kitty. You're yeah. like, okay. I think I think I thought you said Hello Kitty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did pronounce it like that to yeah, throw yeah, them yeah. off. But I should say it's a little bit more like Hello, Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Think? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. It wasn't even. It was. They said you looked like Hero Kitty. <laughs> Hero. <laughs> Hero Kitty. <laughs> that sounds racist. Hero Kitty. Yeah, that's not my pitch. <laughs> I think you said make it sound more like Hello. I think you should. Oh, it's God, like don't, you don't, don't credit Hero this Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. Am I sweating? No, but it's very hot in here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. And you like the Asian dragon bit? I like yeah. I like, yeah, I like the idea of you being offended that it wasn't even an Asian dragon. It was a, ga- it was a dragon from Game of Thrones. Yeah. It was, it was voracious, <laughs> or whatever that dragon's name is. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you ever considered stand-up? Um, I've thought about it in passing, and then, I've like, embarrassingly, I've like, written... Yeah. I've like written the jokes and I've recorded myself on photo booth. Like I have like on my oh, photo booth, cool. like like if I were to do a five minute yeah, set, yeah, yeah. What, what would it be? And I have those jokes and I have enough friends now who have committed to that life and I just know it's not no, it's not for me. Really? Yeah. Are you surprised? Why do you say that? Oh uh, yeah, I could see you um well, a big part of stand-up comedy is also a character, yeah. and you have a very strong, like, strong um, woman personality type, very direct, I can see being very dark, you know, that I think would be do very I'm well. I'm a strong female, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 um, I mean, there are, uh, did I just dig Okay, like, I can see you, I think you have a, just a, your natural personality is already very unique, so I think... That's already a, a huge plus if you okay. choose to do stand up because a big part of it's just character. What it's is how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. What 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 is unique about I I what is unique about it? Well, you about your personality. Mm-hmm. Well, you just have you're very enigmatic in a very charming way. Is that is that, and is that am I pronouncing that word? Enigmatic, yeah. I never remember what it means, but it sounds like a compliment. You're mysterious. Oh. Um, I've heard that before. Yeah, mysterious in a 
brooding way, kind of. <laughs> like Don Draper. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's just very mysterious, yeah. but suave. It's so funny. I've only started to hear that in the past couple of years, that I'm mysterious. And one person said, I'm very private, which I find so interesting because I, I, think, I think of myself as an open book, but I don't think other people see me that way. Um, well, I, I imagine, well, one thing I did notice about you, and this is my hunch on why they might say that, um, is you do share stuff that I think is, is personal, you know, which is good, you know, but you, I also have seen instances where you're like, I don't want to talk about this or we're not going to go there. So yes, you are, you are, you are open. Yeah. But you are selective of what you are open about. Okay. You know what I mean? Much like John Draper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck so yeah. I'm guessing that's maybe why. Yeah. And I think that's healthy. If yeah. you don't want to share it, of course you shouldn't share it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm into that. And that in itself lends to your power, I think. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm into all of that. All right. Maybe I will start stand up. I thought it, I have thought about it. I have thought about it. I think it would be fun. I think. I think, again, the amount of legwork and commitment that it takes, I don't know. I don't know. When are you coming back from London? Um, I think in about a month. Shoot, okay. Yeah. Because I have a show on August 27th. I was going to say, if you wanted to do it, you could just do like five minutes or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe next time. Yeah, next yeah. time. Um, but uh, stand-up is a dangerous place for ladies, so you have to be careful. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so guys like, hey... We should rank together sometimes. Run. Yeah. I've actually I've learned that I've learned that not in not in the entertainment industry. I've actually had a pretty like clean ride in terms of sexual harassment in the entertainment industry. But I did learn that because I'm a tennis player and I like over um, quarantine I met a lot of people like I would go to these like group tennis things to like meet other tennis players and find people to meet with and I did learn that if the first time a man sees you play he asks you to play run because because no one has a good enough understanding of the way that you play after the first time they see you play and especially not a guy who's like if he's in your group he's probably he's not like a pro. No, but he's like also it's like a lot of the guys I was playing with in those group settings were better than I was or stronger than I was and them wanting to play with me didn't necessarily make sense. Oh. So it was like and I didn't really like clock that all at first, but I did very quickly. <laughs> so um but if they were attractive and you were interested in them, then that's a good way to to meet someone. Them. Sure, that's a good way to meet someone, but I think like I just, I try to, I mostly only play with women now. I'll just say that. Oh. Yeah. So if he's like, hey, I like your forehand. We should practice together. It's just, it's just that like horrible reality when, when you're trying to get better at something and someone compliments you for the wrong reasons. It's just like that. And then, and then you feel really good about it. And then you feel really bad about it. It's, um, yeah. 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 So, what does it feel like 
to be have really a, good at tennis. Uh, <laughs> or to have a man pursue you in that manner. Uh, is it flattering or is it gross or? Um, I think it just depends. It's situational. So there is a charming way to do it. I think there's usually a charming and good way to do most things. I think like, I've never really thought about it this way before, so I'm like piecing this together as I'm saying it, but I think there is like something inherently deceptive about hiding romantic interest inside something else. Like, not that it's always bad, because there's a charming way to do anything, as I said 30 seconds ago. But I think it's like, if you're saying you're a great tennis player or you're a great stand-up and what you're actually meaning is, uh, I want to When I first whatever. asked you to do my podcast and you asked me what's it about and I said, I don't know, were you like this? pervert <laughs> <laughs> or you like that thinking of that then no i wasn't i that is a a fear of mine yeah if i ask female friends that i'm not like crazy close to if yeah. you want to be on a podcast they might be thinking oh this this horn dog just wants to be one-on-one -on -one with me in a room or something that I, is a concern i think that should i don't want to say that should be a concern but like that should be a concern like almost it's like oh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean You're, it's like yeah, yeah. I think um and that you know being able to answer that question that I asked you like what is it about like why like or like why me or like I think having the answers to those questions especially with women especially with women you don't know very well is helpful for those reasons because it, it keeps everything above board like if you I think the you know the first time you asked me if you had said I want to bring you on, I want to talk about your experience in being in writer's rooms as a sports staff, or I want to talk about what it's like getting into acting after mostly writing, or whatever it is, that would at least me, made me feel like, a, like you wanted to ask me about my professional life. Here's my concern with that is, if I, have, if I say too much, yeah. Then do you think that may also look suspicious? Like, oh, this guy is really trying to make it seem like he's not a per. You know what I mean? That's another concern. You're not because if you are, if you're too detailed, and you might think, oh, this is, this is fishy too. You know what I mean? I I don't know if I'm. I don't know what really that looks like. But I'm sure I'm sure it does exist. I I'm, I believe you. But I think having a couple sentences about about your yeah, that's true. I was I was just like yeah. Yeah, I don't even think I put a question mark. I think I just put, "Do you want to be on? Do you want to be on podcast?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, I have one more joke. Well, actually, there's this one. Do you do improv? I've done improv. Do you like it? I did. Do you still do it? No. How come? Um. No, I just like I did it uh, in college a little bit, and then I did it when I first came out here. And what, what a school or just I, at UCB? Oh, I did yeah. UCB too. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I think again, like similar to stand up, it's like I just yeah. I just find it different. Like with something like that, I know it's like a very long road, and I like to, as you said, I'm, I can be pretty pragmatic and realistic, and like what's the 
what's the likelihood that I'm actually going to stick with this and like go all the way with it? And oh, I see. I, I see. felt it was pretty low. Yeah. yeah. And um, and at the time as well, I had really bad stage fright. Like before I took this acting class, I really struggled with stage fright, which is why I enjoyed like like a writer's room was sort of like the perfect in between between right. because there is a performance aspect to being in a writer's room. You do yeah. have to be very on. Yes. And like yeah. I like yeah. I like worked through some of that stuff there, but it's largely I think I said this already, but that's also kind of what inspired me to take the acting class because I was like done the improv thing. Like it wasn't, it, it was fun, but maybe not my thing. And I think there's something about acting that's like even more embarrassing than improv. And I was hoping, and it did do this. I was hoping it would like sort of cut through some of that stage fright stuff. Exposure therapy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Improv is very um, nerve wracking too. Even scary, though you yeah. have, you're with the team. Yeah. It's scary. It yeah. is. But I love improv as well. It's fun. But um, I was in an improv group and um, <laughs> One of my members got really mad at me after a show. Oh, wow. It was a Zoom show. It was the Halloween Zoom show. And um, I was wearing a Spider-Man costume. And I came in every scene. Literally every scene. Because <laughs> I thought it was funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, always, I would uh, always come up with my laptop look upside down so it looks like I'm Spider-Man hanging upside down. And I was just like the stupid Spider-Man coming in every scene. Like, yeah. like an idiot and saying the stupidest things. But... <laughs> Like two months later, she she texted me a oh paragraph God. saying like, "That was not cool. <laughs> How dare you come in every every scene with the Spider-Man costume?" And um, uh, her feelings were completely valid. I'm not discrediting her feelings. I just couldn't. I you know I just couldn't help but think like, I can't believe this is like an argument we're having. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Spider-Man improv scene and. No, I, I, yeah, I think there's, with anything, with any, like, hobby or passion, it's, like, there has to be a certain amount of buy-in, and it's, like, the person who takes it that seriously, and it means that much to it that they're thinking about it two months later, like, I, I don't know if I could hang with that person either, you know? Well, yeah. I really haven't talked to <laughs> I can imagine you wouldn't. I don't know what You dominated her scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, like... I'm in a Spider-Man costume. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Might as well make the use of it. Yeah. But. <sighs> okay. Last joke. Yeah. Tell me. This one. <laughs> okay. This one only works if I'm not. Well. Okay. This one I only use sometimes if I'm the last comic on the lineup. Yeah. Okay. okay. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, guys, I'm the last comic for this show, so I guess you're going to have a happy ending. <laughs> was it that bad? Was that, a, was that a, a, a racist Asian thing? Oh, you don't know what a happy ending no, is? No, I do, but isn't, okay. that, but isn't that like a, a, like a massage parlor, like... Yeah. 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 Like, you know, because I'm the last Asian comic. Yeah. So it's a happy it's, ending. It's the ending. So yeah. it's a happy end. That was the joke. <laughs> no, no, really, I got it. It's like I a stupid, cringy dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about that? And that's how I always deliver a happy yeah. ending. Um, can you deliver it differently? 
I could try, yeah. Can you deliver it without the drop down? I just want to see it straight. Okay. Hey guys, I'm the last comic for tonight, so I guess you're going to have a happy ending. No, 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 but no slowdown. I just want it. I just want it. Okay. Yeah. Can I still do the finger gun? No. No? no. Okay. <clears throat> hey guys, I'm the last comic for the night, so I guess you're going to have a happy ending. No, you're right. It's some. <laughs> Better? Yeah, that was better. <laughs> <laughs> so I should do that. Get the Spider-Man costume on. Where is it? <laughs> no dab. I mean, uh, no finger point, no slow down, but replace it with the dab. The dab. That's like when we were doing flirting drills, and you and you kept asking if if they liked your big delts, <laughs> your oh. small delts. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we were doing improv uh, dating scenarios, and I kept on saying like. Hey, miss. Man, I'm so tired. My delts are blasted. My delts are blasted. That was it. <laughs> oh, God. That was my favorite. Okay. Work that in. I should. Mm -hmm. Delts are blasted. Mm -hmm. But I stole it from someone. I think Conan said that. I'm a, well, we're almost done. But Conan is, I would say, my biggest comedic idol. Yeah. Is he? I love Conan. He's self-deprecating, but he's also super clever, super quick. And he's really nice. Yeah. Even when he makes fun of people, you can tell he's doing it in a way where he knows it's not gonna offend them. Right. Even though it's like crazy offensive. So yeah. I think he's a, he's like, for me, he's like kind of like the master. Fuck yeah. Do you that. like Conan? I do, I do. I do. I've never referred to him as the master, but maybe I'll start today. <laughs> a lot of people like him. Um, I feel like people either really like him or really don't like him. No, I really, yeah. I really do like him. But, uh, I like I like leather jacket. Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, his uh, biggest demographic is actually um, very young people, like eighteen to twenties. Oh, interesting. That's like his biggest fan base. Oh, but good he's for like, him. like yeah, he's like fifty or sixty now. Yeah, yeah. great hair. Yeah, yeah, love it. Also, love it. great hair. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, and I'm doing trying the hair down today, so. I love it. Thank it's you. Gorgeous. Yeah. Do you think I look Native American? Um, certain certain quality, sure. Yeah. Is that racist? <laughs> Am I doing red face now? Uh, I don't. I don't think you just if appearing as yourself is, can be red face. <laughs> <laughs> don't think well, so. last joke. Yes. Because I just thought of it. Okay. Any King of the Hills fans here? Me, me, me. It's me, John Yellowcorn. Is that, is that hacky? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, Kate, such a lovely time. It's lovely. And sorry I couldn't, the freaking light ran out um, and it was hot. But I loved having you here, That's getting great. to know you better. So glad I met you. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited to, for all those cool projects to come. Um, where can we find you on the socials? On socials, you um, might get one new follower. I which is my mom. I <laughs> I only have Instagram and it's a private account, but it's just my name. Kate. Do you have uh, people you don't know? Some, yeah, sometimes. Okay. You just don't follow them back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's sort of my vibe. Uh, so Instagram, Kate Friedman, K A T E F R Y D M A N on Instagram. Maybe I'll go public. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I gotta open myself up to the world, you know? Yeah. Although you having a, mysteri- a private account plays to your character. To my era of mystery, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, do it for the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's your brand. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I hate how everything's about branding these days, but yeah. you gotta play the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. One, two, three. Oh, crap. Cool.